0: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in.
1: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and my favorite square dance instructor.
2: It's Joe White. Oh, did you say square dancing? Yes, I did. Oh, my goodness. Best night during staff training week when the fellas for the first time are on the floor with the ladies for the first time on our staff. And we do country dancing, Shea Robbins. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I can't wear boots anymore because, you know, there's no place to put them down there. They're gone. But but I still sit up in that old rocking chair and we can call some square dancing, bro. That's right. And then when the kids have Western Party, I hear it's their favorite party of all summer. Thank you very much. We do barn dancing. And I love it that you pointed that out, Shay. Thank you. You can take the boots off a cowboy, but you can't
1: take the square dancing out of his heart. How many times have we heard that? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Hey, uh, excited to have all of you guys here with us today. We are talking next generation leaders. We've been in the midst of this series. Of course, we are so passionate about equipping next generation leaders. First Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example to those who believe. And we're speaking about all kinds of... um, things throughout the series in regard to the character of leadership and how we show ourselves an example. But specifically today, we're talking about speech, the power of the tongue. And uh, we've got special guests in here. They happen to love a good Western dance as well, and they're well-equipped to share with us on this topic. Joe, would you like to introduce them?
2: Shay, I would love to. The Cannecook world is very familiar with Ward and Beth Wiebe. In fact, There's a lot of the world that's familiar with the name Weeby because there's a lot of Weebies coming out of Hillsborough, Kansas. The brothers who've had children and cousins and they all do great things. Shea, you're talking about the tongue. I have never in my 30 or 40 years being around Ward and Beth Weeby have heard either one of them. I can't recall say anything negative about anybody I literally haven't. I've been around these two for a long, long time. So I welcome Ward and Beth and want to hear what they have to say. Ward and Beth run an outstanding, not just K camp, but of all the camps of this country that I've been around, an outstanding camp for middle school kids called K West. They've been running it for years. Kids love K West. They've got long waiting lists. 12, 13, 14-year-old kids, and it's hard to get in, but for those kids who get there are well taken care of. Beth Weeby is filled with joy. This girl is the happiest, most joyful human being probably that anyone around here will ever meet. And Ward is solid. He is steady. He is careful. He's deliberate. He makes great decisions, and he fell in love with Beth at camp. I understand, Ward, that, uh, that you waited t- till Beth broke up with someone else before you raced to the phone to be the first one to call her. Tell me about the race to the phone to be the first one to call Beth after she became free Give us the nitty-gritty, award. Oh, boy.
0: Well, thanks, guys, for having us today. We're excited to be here and— um, Yeah, that was a fun, exciting time figuring out how I was going to uh, get a call in to Beth Baker. And so towards the end of one of our camp summers, I was talking with another person about Beth's name came up and we were talking about the potential of of asking her out on a date. And I, I said, well, you can't ask her out on a date because she's dating somebody else and and then the information was shared with me that uh, she had broken up. By whom? It would be Mr. Don Ford, our okay. good friend, Mr. Don Ford. He clear. and I were on leadership team together, upstairs office at K2. And I was probably doing the schedule, and Don was probably coming up with some skit. And uh, anyway, uh, when he said Beth Baker isn't dating anybody, um, I I said, well, then I'm going to ask her out. And he said, I am too. And so... The way I remember the story, we both raced for a phone, and I think my phone went through or something. I may have unplugged Don's. (laughs) There was only one phone. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But I got through to Kay West and connected with her and asked her out on a date, and that's
2: kind of where it started. You beat Don Ford to the phone. I love that. That is phenomenal. Hey, Don, are you listening? (laughs) Well, they're delightful, Shay, and I can't wait to hear the wisdom that comes from their lips today.
1: That's right. Beth, I'm going to start with you, and this is such appropriate timing. We studied the book of James this summer, and you know, for those of you who don't know, every summer we study a different book of the Bible, and one of our goals with our staff is to equip them with the skills to study their Bible for a lifetime. So even if we get a staff member for five and a half weeks, we want to send them out the gates with the skills to unpack any book of the bible for the rest of their life beth and debbie joe are champions of that but we studied james this summer and james had a lot to say about the tongue so why don't you just give us a summation
3: i would love to shay we debbie joe and i loved putting this book together um, as we studied it last spring and fall and then put it together for this summer James is an incredible book and he's after the maturity of our faith. And so as you look at James, it's almost I tell my staff and I told him this summer, I tell the campers, for me, James is like looking in a mirror and seeing where I need to fix myself up. <laughs> so when we studied James this summer, he talks a lot about the tongue and he starts off early in the book talking about be quick to hear, but slow to speak. And then he goes on, I think it's in chapter three, and he, he uses a Analogies like a horse with a bridle and a ship with a rudder and a small fire and a forest fire. And, and it just shows us that the tongue is this small but mighty thing. And he tells us, James is direct. He said, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And from our tongue, we can bless and curse. Um, it's like a fountain where bitter and fresh water can come. And, and so when you look at James being after the maturity of a believer, I think what he's saying is a mature believer is someone who can bridle their tongue. It's Mm. someone who knows how to control their tongue. And as we looked at some cross references, Shay, I know in the book of Luke, Jesus even said, um, when he was talking about, can a tree bear both good and bad fruit? Mm -hmm. And, Um, He said, for a man out of his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. So to me, I think James is saying your tongue is a mirror right into your heart. What's filling your heart? And so as a mature believer, as we grow in Christ, hopefully we are learning how to fill our hearts with the right things. And when that happens, our speech will be a reflection of of that which fills our heart, So Mm -hmm. that's what I got out of James this summer.
1: Well, Ward, with that in view, how
0: important is it that we spend time filling our heart with good things? It's critical. I think as we talk about being next generation leaders and we're talking about this topic of the tongue and words, uh, we use so many words in a given day. uh, But I think the most important thing that we can ever do for someone would, would certainly be to share the Word of God with them. And I love the Word of God, love memorizing, love meditating. Uh, I love studying. Um, it's just become a passion in my life to fill my heart and mind with Scripture. And then in the flow of conversations, and as we get the challenge, and we lead, and we build, and we encourage, and we rebuke, I think the most important things that we can ever say or do will come from the Word of God and using the Word of God itself. So critical for our hearts to be filled with God's Word. Let me throw this out to the, to the group. I mean, anybody can jump on it that's excited
1: about answering it. But why do you think that speech was highlighted as an element of showing yourself an example? I mean, it sounds kind of like a real basic question, but I think it begs the question is why? Why is that so important?
3: Personally, Shay, I think James even touched on this, too, is your tongue, if you can control your tongue, like, I think that's something that's very difficult to master. Mm. And I think he's saying that if you can control your tongue, that's probably the most important thing, or it's a good reflection of where you are overall in your walk with the Lord. That's just what comes to my mind.
0: It's that footprint of maturity, isn't it? Uh, As we talked about in Bible Mm -hmm. study, it's the the footprint that we leave in a mature faith. Mm -hmm. And I can't get away from how, I mean, I just think God in his character, and even as the one that created everything, he spoke and it was done. Mm. He commanded and it stood fast. And so certainly the as we just see the things from the word of God, those things become so important. And it shows where our, like Beth already alluded to, it shows what our heart is linked to. And that's why speech is so important. Yeah.
1: Joe, the tongue can tear down and it can build up. Mm. Talk to us about the power of influence that we have one in one direction or the other.
2: Yeah. The other day I was coming out of church and just, you know, we have a sweet little church that we go to and and a guy handed me a little slip of paper and he spoke a word of encouragement and it had a Bible verse on it and went home and looked it up and it was just a super encouraging uh, Bible verse. I had a hard week and, and just that one little moment of encouragement, it was so huge in my life. And just a minute ago, one of our precious employee team members uh, a lady in our organization uh, didn't know her very well. And as I walked into our little chapel, you know, she just spoke a little word of encouragement. My good buddy Gary Smalley used to talk about five to one, a five to one ratio of speaking encouraging words to your spouse and speaking encouraging words to children, speaking encouraging words to those who work for you and with you. Five to one, and Dr. Gottman, Dr. Markman, and Dr. Stanley from Denver all did a study on the words of encouragement, specifically in a marriage and in a family, and they determined after 15 years of collecting data in their counseling encounters, the husband who speaks five times as many words of encouragement, honey, I love it when you do that. That, that's the neatest thing. I saw you doing and pointing out specific things, five to one, and she the same. She is an encourager, uh, five to one over, honey, you need to, could I get you to, could you go get me the? could you do this for me, blah, blah, blah. five to one. I don't like it when you, you know, that hurts me, five to one, encouraging over requests, Criticisms, 94% chance of a happy marriage, 94% chance of a happy family, 94% chance of a happy employee or an employer. So are they powerful? Oh, saves marriages, saves families, saves homes, saves businesses, you name it. Encouragement wins. Hey, listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying
1: the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at com. And now, back to the show. Not only are words powerful, but I have learned... You know, God's given me five daughters. He gave me a six year stint at K-1 working with elementary kids. And one of the hardest, probably most wonderful lessons that I learned coming from kind of the locker room leadership at K-2 and and having those daughters become a part of my life and working with elementary kids, I realized my tone was a real issue with my leadership, just the sharpness with which I spoke. And Warden Beth, you've worked with junior high kids for decades. Our speech is not in words alone, but it's it's also our tone. Talk to us about the power of tone.
3: It's a great, great thing. You know, one of the things I, I talk to my staff a lot about this, Shay, and as we talk about things, they're certain truths that need to be communicated to campers and i'm always like we need to package it well and you talk about kind of the oreo cookie that old example of it's almost like what joe was saying the five to one ratio but we're going to sandwich that little, you know, confrontation or that little correction right in the middle of the Oreo cookie. And um, we're always going to start with an encouragement and end with an encouragement. And so how we package things, instead of just coming right in bold, aggressive, you know, you need to, we, you know, clean up the cabin, guys, you're not doing a good job, it needs to be, hey, campers wasn't it fun last night to do this? And, you know, we've got all of our costumes left out. Let's put them away so we can take care of them because, you know, there's a different way that you can package things that people are so much more receptive to a positive word than Mm -hmm. to a negative connotation. So that's just what comes to mind for me.
0: Mm, That's so good. We, you know, with our junior high, middle school kids uh, every summer, I, I get so excited about having a group of basketball kids on the court or being in a cabin or just being in a K-Life, whatever. And, and just the little secret of, and we all know this, but to, to exhort publicly, um, mm. be excited and, and, and cheer them on publicly in front of other people when we have something great to say and, and correct Privately and tenderly, uh, and so at the end of of every basketball uh, period, as we close up things, there's always a chance for us. And I teach our coaches to acknowledge the great things that they saw uh, in the campers when the shooting drills, whatever it was, scripture memory that we did, and when we do that publicly, you know, we're excited mm-hmm. in front of a large group, and then privately we. As we're walking off the court, we might put our arm around the shoulder of somebody and go, hey, tell me what was going on there. And you looked a little frustrated and and do a one on one thing there with a with a challenger and encouragement. So exhorting publicly, correcting privately and tenderly can be can deal with that tone aspect and can be really be helpful. Joe, that ties
1: in with two of our cry of the heart compartments right? So you've got the affirmation piece and the discipline piece, and they're both handled differently.
2: Yeah, we have a goal uh, at K2 Football, you know, I still, even without legs, on a a four-wheeler, get to coach our kids. And I do it for the same reason Ward does, because, you know, in a football field or basketball court, you can really discover the heart and you can break through walls and shells around a young man's heart. And our goal our specific stated goal is that every kid hears their name and 10 words of encouragement attached to it every day. And so when a kid doesn't catch a pass, we don't criticize him because he dropped the pass. We help him learn how to catch a pass better. But throughout that day, that young man is going to hear good things that he did. Way to keep your eye on the ball. Way to tuck it in. Way to keep your eyes up field. Way to make that cut. Good job. Good job on the sideline. when you get up on the sideline. And then when it's time to talk about the Lord— when it's time to encourage the kid in his faith, hey, he loves you because he knows you really, really care about him. You've and already it,
1: opened up his heart with kind words.
2: It's exactly right, Shay. And as we've talked about the cries of the heart, you know, the, the, every young man and every husband and every wife and every old person is still crying out for affirmation hmm. and for honor. I believe in you. I value you. I highly value you. And, Shay, there's no better place to do that than with with the tongue.
1: Warden Beth,
2: what are some of the forms of speech that can be
1: damaging that aren't necessarily, like, recognized as hurtful but are?
3: You know, the first thing that came to mind for me, Shay, because you had mentioned harsh words or different things, is I think about um, what we promise people or sometimes maybe— Vows that we'll make, you could say, is what Ecclesiastes would talk about. But watching our words, I think we can be really damaging when we promise things and don't fulfill them. So watching what we say and being sure that we are honoring our word and being true, kind of walking what we're talking and following through with the things that we say we'll follow through with. So I think about that. That's one of them.
1: That's so good. There we go back to James, right? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Where did any come to you?
0: Well, I just think about, again, when we're correcting or we're training, you know, whether it's our children or a peer or in marriage or just at work or whatever, you know, and again, these are things kind of fundamental things. But I think about when I see some type of behavior that is maybe not biblical or out of bounds, you know, not attaching as I coach or challenge somebody that actual behavior let's say for example somebody my son might have come in and and he we found out that he might have lied to us or he told a lie uh you know that distinguishing between correcting that behavior but not attributing of that to who he is in his person like not saying you know mike you're you're a liar or aj you're a liar more like you know We don't. We don't. uh, The godly man is not involved with lying, and we're taking that behavior and identifying like what we uh, don't want to see, or we're holding up that godly standard. And so sometimes we can get we if we're not careful we can say oh hey I see you lied right there and that's wrong but. You know, identifying that behavior and going back to that bridge statement of, hey, here's how a godly man handles this situation. And I use that as such a bridge statement as I teach our staff how to integrate. And when things don't go exactly right, um, say one of those bridge statements we're going to use that we champion is this is how a godly man would have handled that situation. And you hold that banner. So sometimes... If we're we're short or we're we're operating on anger, we've seen something that we don't like. We have to be careful about how we address that and how we tackle that.
2: Shay, on the professional level, to all of our listeners who are are in a profession of some kind or other, and maybe you're a young professional and you're just reporting to somebody, uh, or maybe you're a manager or at some point anywhere in a profession, there's people around you, understand that the heart of that person working with you or for you grew up with a void, probably, most likely, of one of those need chambers in their heart for affirmation and encouragement and uh, af- and uh, value. The greatest way, I learned this from my mentor, Jack Hirschen, uh, many years ago. Jack has been such a successful businessman and such a leader of other leaders around this planet. But he says, you know, if you'll come alongside your son or come alongside someone you're managing or overseeing, and you'll help that person dream. Now, now, you fathers, listen to me, and you mothers and, and you managers and leaders of all kinds, you come alongside that person, what do you want to do this year? Tell me, tell me what, what do you see in your future as, as a young professional? Son, what, what do you see in your future as you grow up to become one day a husband, and as a dad, and, and a, you know, and a leader in your in your business ideas? And they express their needs, what they love, their dreams. Well, I mean, and then what, what about kind of I don't know five, ten years? You know, what do you what do you see as a big picture? What's your vision for your future? And 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 you become a teammate with them in that vision, and you let them know I want to partner with you in that. Yeah, I was reading Kobe Bryant the other day, he said, you know, the best thing, the best thing is helping others become great in what they do. And, and so as, as he says, it's not about you shooting the game-winning shot as a dad, as a as a CEO, but it's about helping others shoot the game-winning shots. And then, as you help your son or your daughter, or your young executive help them dream, then when there's something To point out, we call it sharpening here at camp. You want to sharpen that person. Say, you know what, Bill, I love your dream. You want to do X, Y, Z in your future. You know, do you want to be good at that or great at that? Well, I want to be, I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be great. Okay. If you want to be great, one thing that would really help you is this. And then you point out that which he's untrained in or that which he doesn't have the skills in, or that which he does poorly that will help him or her succeed in their future. And so instead of being someone who's critical, you're someone who comes alongside. And as our basketball team at Canicoke says, our coach coaches us up. He doesn't coach us down. That's
1: right. Uplifting. Okay. I have one question for each Beth and Ward left here. I'm going to start with you, Ward. What role does our speech play specifically in the body of Christ?
0: Well, that's a that's a loaded question for me because uh, I love to exhort people and I believe God gives gifts. And just one of the things that I get excited about is, is that I feel like he's gifted me in that area. And so I love to use the gift of exhortation every day. I think about it when I come to work at the office, I think about it when I'm working with our staff, think about it when I'm working with our coaches and our teams, it's just, how can I use my gift of exhortation today? And, you know, in the last 24 hours, that's been, you know, been able to use in in all kinds of different points of the compass, uh, that gift of exhortation within the body. I wrote six or eight notes yesterday after being able to spend time with some of our leaders that we're training and dropped those in the, uh, the, the mailbox this morning. Um, was in a meeting today with our team and just talking about the gifts that Beth has and told her last night, you know, verbally, just like she is so gifted at some of these things and did that with another teammate. So just within the body itself, God designs, there's a need for us to be encouraged. We all Mm -hmm. need to be encouraged. We need to hear good, Words And I'm a Proverbs guy. I have studied that book probably more than any other book in the Bible. I don't know why. I just keep rereading it. There's 31 Proverbs. I'll go one a day. And the wisdom of Solomon just kind of is in my DNA. I don't know every reference, but it's in there. And I just think about, you know, Proverbs 18:21, which says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Hmm. And so the tongue is so powerful, like Beth mentioned, uh, you know, connected to the book of James. And so that's part of how I see it played out in the body
1: of Christ. Well, you're extremely gifted at it, Ward, and your words carry so much weight. I don't even know if you can comprehend how weighty your words are. Beth, one more coming to you. How can we use our speech to be a light and a dark world?
3: Shay, I love thinking about this. And I think as I'm out shopping or doing different things and, you know, it's just part of who we are here at camp and just as believers, but it's hard not to engage someone and say, how are you today? Or have you had a great day? Or thank you so much for doing that. And I had a checkout person not long ago at the grocery store tell me they're like, no one has asked me how I'm doing today. Wow. Or or they notice just the fact that you have a positivity or just a hope or whatever it is that comes through in just a kind word or an expression to someone. And I think that just opens doors, Shay, hmm. for us to go even farther with that. The world just is filled with so many conflicts and negativity, and if we can just come in with a positive attitude and a kind word, that's going to be just so important and open many doors for people that they just don't encounter that um, on a daily basis often. So.
1: Agreed. Joe Ward, Beth, I would love to give a final charge. And, you know, we've been talking about the power of the tongue. And in recent decades, there's, there's kind of a new power out there related to the tongue, but and I call it the power of the thumb. And it is, It is our ability to use our words for both um, building up and tearing down using our phones. So through social media, through texting, communication lines of all kinds, um, there's just amazing power now, probably more power than ever before in the power of our thumbs. There's a great wave and movement of tearing people down and cancel culture in this world That is through the power of of the thumb. And so I'm reminded of a story. There's a story of a woman who went to a priest and she confessed that she had gossiped and was feeling bad about it. She said, is there anything I can do? And so the priest said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to meet me on top of the church and I want you to bring a feather pillow. So the lady meets the priest up on top of the church. He has her cut a hole in the middle of her pillow and all of the feathers are caught in the wind and they blow away all over a block and throughout the town. And he looked at the woman and he said, I want you to go and to pick up all of those feathers. And she looked back at the priest and she said, well, it would be impossible for me to pick up all these feathers. And he said, and so it is to clean up after you gossip. And it's such a powerful picture of, of the rate of spread, like the way that gossip and our words can spread. And, and I believe with the power of the thumb, it's even infinitely more on the Internet. And, and so as believers, we need to guard our words on the Internet instead of typing things that are critical and argumentative and opinionated. Uh, if we choose to engage in those environments Our responsibility to build up is just the same, to be a light, to shine, to be set apart. And and so that's the charge that I I leave with us today. And I want to thank our listeners today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Lord, we just lift up the leaders out there who have a, a heart to make a difference and a heart to be an example I want to pray, God, that you would stir up the spirit in our life, that you would convict us when we speak um, flippantly or harshly. Pray that in humility, we would respond and seek forgiveness and reconciliation, and that we would grow up in our maturity. And uh, pray also, God, that we would, above all else, that we would guard our heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit kanakukpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuk, you can visit canacuk.com.